This program is presented by a community producer through Midland Community Television. The City of Midland and MCTV are not responsible for the content of the program. The views presented do not necessarily represent those of the City of Midland or MCTV. If you would like to produce your own program, contact MCTV at 837-3474 or access our website, cityofmidlandmi.gov slash MCTV. Welcome, uh, my name is Jamie, and September is National Suicide Prevention Awareness Month, so we are having a discussion with our local suicide prevention specialist, Barb Smith. Barb is the founder and executive director of the Barb Smith Suicide Resource and Response Network. Barb, welcome. Thank you, and I'm looking forward to the rest of today. Can you please tell us a little bit about your organization and how it got started? Sure. Um, we started as a grassroots um, organization when my brother John had taken his life at the age of 20 and there were not a lot of resources then so I decided I wanted to get educated and informed to really be a better support for other people to make sure that we decrease the numbers of suicides and also to make sure that my brother had a name and that I was able to talk about him. So really these efforts started out of a personal experience and now has grown. Can you tell us a little bit more about your brother? Yeah, his, uh, his name was John, and you would have really liked him. He had a sense of humor. He was a caring person. He helped a lot of people. So he was the guy that you went to when you were struggling and that really cared a lot for people, not only in our family, but his friends. So you don't hear people talk about suicide very much. Are there a lot of suicides in our area or nationally? Yeah, actually, one is too many, right? But we have about 48,000 people that died by suicide in the U.S., about 1,500 here in Michigan, and uh, anywhere from 50, about 55 to 75 in the Great Lakes and surrounding areas a year. So the numbers, you know, are high, and they really are not necessary. Absolutely. So why do people choose to end their life by suicide? Well, I use the word not choose, right? I think that people don't choose suicide. I think that people respond to their pain. So for some people, it is, well, we know it's individual. And when I work with families after someone has died by suicide, we say it's that individual's perception of their life in that moment. So suicide is complex. What might cause someone to think of suicide for one person might not for another. So we know that oftentimes it has to do with that person's perception, but it's also when their life skills or their coping skills are less than the life challenges that they have in the moment. So kind of the perfect storm. It's that perfect storm, and it's not choosing suicide, but it's a response to their pain. So some people believe that if someone wants to end their life, there's nothing that anybody can do to stop it. What do you think about that? Well, we know that's not always true. For some people, it might be true, but for majority of people who struggle with thoughts, there's a lot of things that we can do. And most importantly is for people in the families or communities to really be educated and to understand when there's a concern, the warning signs to look for, and even if you just have a concern about someone, is how do you, what do you look for, and how do you have that conversation? So we know that people that die by suicide oftentimes, right up into their time of death, really do want help. 
they just don't know always how to ask for it. So is there a therapy that some people use to help with this? Actually, they've been doing a lot with, um, they call CBT or DBT, so cognitive behavior therapy. And there's some really good therapists out there right now that teach people that when those thoughts come to their mind, that we're not saying don't suicide, but what we're saying is let's give you a coping skill. Let's redirect your mindset. Let's help you figure out what to do when life gets hard. And it's really about training your mindset and about giving you life skills or coping skills. So that's been very effective. And so there's a lot of great therapists in the Great Lakes that have been doing this work. So it's called CBT, Cognitive Behavior Therapy, or DBT, which dialectical behavior therapy. All right. So if I'm concerned that someone I know might be suicidal, are there things that I can look for? Oh, that's a really good question because a lot of people think that this is just for mental health specialists or for primary care doctors. But what we know is for you as just a caring person, whether it's a parent, a sibling, a friend, a coworker, or anyone in the community, just to know that if you see a behavior change, so maybe a person, um, maybe they're sleeping more, they're sleeping less, they are more angry or agitated, a change in their eating, so maybe they were um, overweight and they've lost a lot of weight quickly, or maybe they were underweight and they started to gain a lot. So it's really more of a, a, a change in a person's behavior. They might start to get more angry or agitated, more frustrated. Sometimes um, you'll see a lack of energy, so they're not as productive at work. They don't care about school. Sometimes it might be they start to isolate, so they stop going to family functions, or they work all day, and they come home and they start to isolate. So what we say is, again, suicide thoughts can be very complex, or behaviors. So we encourage people not to just do that checklist, right? Like, oh, they don't have all of these signs, or they're not saying these things. But what we know is almost all people, it's in their behavior changes. So when you see a behavior change, you see that person and hear that person talking about, you know, it wouldn't matter if I was here anymore or no one would care if I was here. Sometimes they verbalize it and sometimes it's behavior. So a behavior change is really that sign that you should have a discussion. So it's not a generic, like you said, a checklist. It's more specific to this person was doing this and now they're doing this. Yeah, very specific to the, that individual. And you're right, like we can use a checklist as a guide, so they call them assessments. So sometimes it's just like really that self-evaluation, like yeah, I have been doing this or I did notice these things. So for some people it's a nice validation that I could or should get help or I do have legitimate reasons to be concerned. But don't just stay on the checklist, look at the individual because individual behavior can be that sign that something's going on. So if someone I know is showing changes in behavior, is there something that I can do to help? Yes, there's actually a lot of things that you can do and I think some people think we need to get them to crisis, we need to get them to a doctor. And sometimes we do need to do that, but for individuals like yourself, you might just say to that person, you know, I'm gonna call him John because that was my brother's name. You know, John, I've noticed that um, you haven't been yourself lately. Um, when you're coming to work, you're not as productive. Uh, you've been drinking or using you know, substance more than before. Um, you haven't been even doing the hygiene that you used to. You used to really had your hair always you know, to perfection and now it's like it doesn't matter. 
And when you said that you're pretty much done with life, I'm wondering if you were talking about suicide. So you let that person know that I've noticed all of these things about you, and that's why I'm asking you this question. And in itself, it tells that person that, number one, I've noticed you, right? Number two is you don't have to do this alone. And number three, when I ask you about suicide, I'm not afraid to talk about it because it's about life or death. If someone was having signs or symptoms of a heart attack or stroke, you wouldn't just say, oh, we better get him to the hospital, right? Like you would start asking them questions. Hey, are you okay? I've noticed you're sweating. So you're just letting them notice that I noticed something medically wrong that could be medically wrong and it could be about life or death. So it's really important that we let them know that we notice you and I'm willing to talk about this. So that sounds really good in theory, but don't you think if you ask someone that question, they would get offended and upset? Well, I've done this a long time, uh, 32 years actually, but I've never had anyone angry at me for asking. And I'm not to say that's just me, but a lot of people who ask in the way that I care about you and I just wanna know because this is about life or death. And there's nothing wrong with telling somebody that I, I noticed you. And it seems like, sometimes I share with people, it's like when someone has changed, that something in their life has changed. It could be good or it could be bad. But change in behavior often comes from a change in the, a person's life. So it's okay to have that conversation. And if it's not about suicide, then maybe they just need to talk about their life challenges, right? Yeah. So a lot of people have struggled with mental health issues. Why do some people think about suicide and other people just, it doesn't cross their mind? Well, there's a couple of theories to that and, and that we know is for some people it's genetics, right? Um, mental illness, if mental illness is the problem or the issue, we know that it can be genetics. For some people, their life stressors just become more than they are capable of handling right now. It can be a way to end their pain. It, it doesn't mean someone is weak. It just means at some point in their life, um, it can be environmental, right? It can be psychological. There's many things that can contribute to that person's thoughts of suicide. And you know, for some people, a divorce could trigger a thought, but for some people, it's, it's a toxic, toxic situation and it can be helpful and healthy. So suicide um, coming to someone's mind is really very personal. If I am someone who has suicide in the back of the, my, my mind, what can I do to prevent going there? Uh, that's a good question because I can't take that thought away, right? But what we can ask you to do is to put those thoughts aside for a moment. Number one is to see your primary care doctor, making sure that there's nothing else going on physically and allowing that primary care to do their assessment and then help connect you to services. So number one would talk to your primary care doctor, right? And then number two is if you've been diagnosed with any type of mental health issue or concern, to seek your treatment, stay on your prescribed medication. For some people, it could mean uh, medication and counseling. For other people, it might just mean medication, or it could be both. Um, but we have to understand that because mental illness and because people's thought processes are individual, that you have to be treated as an individual. Um, making sure your behavioral health specialist, some type of a counseling. Um, there's a lot of services right now. And frankly, the person with thoughts of suicide has to feel comfortable talking to someone, right? Talking to a family member, 
a friend, maybe their EAP at work. So if you're having thoughts, some of the responsibility is on you to make sure that you tell someone that these thoughts are in my mind and can you help me with them. So once you tell somebody, are there other things that you can do, maybe exercise or a few other things that you could do to just get your mind off of it? Well, that's called like redirecting, right? Like doing some healthy um, life skills. So exercising, like you said, is really number one, is getting those endorphins going, sort of um, exercising, whether it's walking, strong workouts with other people, um, simple things, opening up your windows and bringing some life back into your home. It could be something like um, getting involved in the community, volunteering, finding a purpose. You know, with my brother's death, it would have been really easy to just sit in myself, but I had to find purpose for my pain. So volunteering in the community and being a voice for whatever you believe in or whatever your cause is. It might be something like um, volunteering for volunteering um, your faith. Many people, when they get in that state of mind of feeling alone, they forget that they have their faith, right? So go, finding your faith again, finding your church family, finding that space that brought you peace. But to understand, Jamie, that being in a place of suicidal thoughts, it's not always just one thing. Oftentimes it's many things. It's many different people, right? Medication, um, counseling, exercise, strong family support, staying away from the toxic things like alcohol and substance use. We know that those two in combination with thoughts of suicide or struggling with mental health can be very damaging, right? That just, it just brings people to the wrong roads and it causes a lot of conflict. So if you've been prescribed or been, I'm sorry, diagnosed with any type of mental illness to take their medication as prescribed. Too many times we see people self-prescribe or take more than where they stop taking it. So for someone struggling, it's really important that you take your prescribed meds and also to find that right therapist that can help you. Those are some great tips, Barb. Yeah. Are there local resources that someone can reach out to, too, if they're having thoughts or if they have a friend or family member that they're, they're worried about? Yeah, I think we need to understand, that especially in Midland County, there are more resources than we know about. Oftentimes, we don't know till we need them, right? So there's almost a community mental health in all communities, around almost all communities in Michigan. So finding your local community mental health is probably number one. They can connect you to healthcare, behavior health, or healthcare. There's also a 211. 211 in almost all counties are your nonprofits. So, alcohol, substance use, um, maybe homelessness, struggling with financial issues, uh, pregnancy, food, food banks. So, 211 is your non emergency, but they'll have a list of all your local resources that you might need. And if they don't know of one, they'll help you find one. Okay, so those are two. And then in Midland, you also have the Hope Portal. That's a wonderful um, website, and it's got a lot of resources just for Midland County that can be helpful around any other issues that you might be struggling with. Um, I saw a billboard the other day for man therapy. Yeah, so middle-aged males actually have the highest rates of suicide right now. So they created a, a, a character called Dr. Mahogany, and you can go on the website to mantherapy.org, and there's a self-assessment tool 
there's also some teaching tools for alcohol substance use, anger issues, divorce, uh, death. So there's a lot of resources um, focused on middle-aged men or for men in general. So if you're concerned about a male in your life, you can actually go on there as well. And there's a self-assessment tool and you can do sort of your checkbox and it'll tell you, you know, where you rate and also where you might find resources in your community. So we say if men don't want to go get help, we're going to go to them in this creative way. So it's mantherapy.org. And in the next month, I believe, or if it's not already, there'll be an area just for Michigan. And then we're going to even focus more on Great Lakes Bay region of the resources in that community. Awesome. Yeah. So those are local resources. And then I think there's a national numbers? Yeah, so the 1-800, I have actually my bracelet, and I think they're gonna run it on your screen, but the 1-800-273-TALK is a national crisis line, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and they will route you, route you to your local crisis center. And then there's a text line, 741-741, and some people don't like to do it through voice, so it's a text line, and it's not just suicide, it's for any challenges, any age that you might have. So you can just go 741-741, and then you can just put need to talk, need help, or struggling with thoughts of suicide, or abuse, or lonely, and it will actually, someone will talk to you live, and just kind of you know talk you through, especially if it's through the night and you really need to talk to someone. Yeah, especially during the night, if you have somebody on the other side of the bed, you can just text and no one needs to know? Yeah, no one needs to know. It's confidential. Both of those numbers are confidential. So so those are your awesome. national 24-7 and to always remember your local community mental health. Well, thank you. So I also know that you do an event for national suicide survivors yes. of suicide loss day? Is that yeah, yep. so there's actually a day recognized to support and care for people who've been impacted by suicide. So it's the Saturday before Thanksgiving. Every year it's a national day to recognize and support. So our local group is actually held, um, our event is at the Bavarian Inn Lodge this year. And we care for, we have guest speakers, art therapy. Um, everyone there has been impacted to a death to suicide. So you get to meet other parents or spouses, and it's just really a day of hope and healing and connection. So that is the Saturday before Thanksgiving at Bavarian Inn Lodge. And I'm guessing you probably have more information on your website? Yes, on the srrn.net, and I know they're gonna put it up on the screen, but everything that we offer and our update information would be there for you. Awesome. So what else does your network offer? Well, remember we started really to be a support for people impacted by suicide. And when we started with that, we offer something called LOSS, which is local outreach for survivors of suicide. And that means if you lost someone today or tomorrow, or you know, or, I'm sorry, today or a week ago, two people, myself and another trained person who've also had a loss to suicide or lived experience, we call it, we will come to your home, we'll sit with your family, we'll meet you somewhere, and we'll really talk about the early hours and days of your grief to help you feel understood and to really help navigate those early hours and days. So that is free of charge and that's called loss. So if you're a parent who lost a child or adult's child, we, another parent and myself will come and spend time with you and your family. If you lost a sibling, myself and another person who lost a sibling will come and sit with your family. We also have something called um, 
uh, support group. We meet the first and third Tuesdays of every month in person, starting actually the third Tuesday in July again. And this is a group of us who want to be here for each other. I lead the, and facilitate the group. And it's really just kind of bringing survivors together and just kind of talk about how do you survive this and where do you go from here. On our phone lines, um, we're here to talk to anyone who wants to talk, um, if you've been impacted by suicide, just to walk you through the grief and to be the listening ear. And because our name is called Resource and Response, we not only respond to you, but we can also connect you to other services. So if we're not the ones that can help you, we're gonna help find someone that can. Um, so those are all aftermath of suicide. We call it post-suicide or post-vention. And the prevention part is we have a training network. So there's a group of us that are trained professional trainers. We come and teach or train anywhere you invite us to. We do trainings called um, From Living Works, Assist, Safe Talk, and Awareness Trainings. And then we can tailor other types of awareness to any size community. So we talk to law enforcement, teachers or educators, students, um, civic groups, people in their faith community because anyone can learn this life-saving tool. So our, our network is actually a training network as well. Very cool. Yeah. So, and then every August you have a big fundraiser event? Yeah, so we have our Walk for Hope. Um, we just had our 19th annual Walk for Hope at SVSU. Um, previously we've had 1,500 people join us. So if you are interested in walking to raise awareness or to raise money, just keep an eye on our website and we host that event every August and it's a 5K walk run. But there's also a lot of resource tables. We try to keep it uplifting, but it also brings awareness and raises funds because our network is nonprofit. We charge very little if we charge anything for all of our programs or services. So we wanna be that caring community network, right, around suicide prevention and aftercare. All right. Anything? So we do a lot, don't we? You do. <laughs> yeah, started off and grassroots and we're, we're like statewide, nationwide now, so. It's very exciting. Yeah. Very exciting, your brother would be very proud. I think he would, I think he would. Is there anything else you wanted to throw out there before we wrap up? Well, I think I, I really want any viewer that's listening today, anyone that has a concern for someone with suicide thoughts or behaviors, to please reach out and call the 1-800-273-TALK or the text line at 741-741. Anyone in this community also plays a role in suicide prevention. Let's not sit on the couch or just watch this, this interview, but to really, I challenge you to sign up for a training, open up your doors for a training. We all need to learn this life-saving skill, and my hope and my goal is to have at least one, if not 10 people, and the next little bit to reach out, make the call, take a training, so let's, my hope is that we have less post-suicide prevention, post-suicide, and then we do more prevention. So I wanna thank the listeners for being here today and really taking the time to learn. Well, thank you very much for being with us, Barb. It was great thank information. You. Thank you. Again, if anyone wants more information, you can visit Barb's website at www.srrn.net or check out her Facebook page at Barb Smith SRRN. Thanks a lot.
This program is presented by a community producer through Midland Community Television. The City of Midland and MCTV are not responsible for the content of the program. The views presented do not necessarily represent those of the City of Midland or MCTV. If you would like to produce your own program, contact MCTV at 837-3474 or access our website cityofmidlandmi.gov slash mctv. We hope you enjoy the following presentation. <laughs>